Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Benchwire Podcast, Season 2, Episode 23. It is the final episode of Season 2 because the NFL season has just concluded, and we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, but before we do that, I'm joined by Justin. How are we doing today? You're always joined by me. You know, it may be Valentine's Day for some, but it's happy pitchers and catchers report to spring training. I'm ready for baseball season. I like that. I like that. Let's go. Football season's over. Basketball season. Now I'm full swing. Baseball is starting to ramp up. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Sad to see the NFL season, you know, go. But we got to talk about the Super Bowl. We do. It was a great game. Went into overtime, right? Chiefs, Niners, the Chiefs. They ended up winning. You were right. The Kansas City Chiefs got the job done. I can't. I can't bet against them anymore. I just can't. The whole season, I, or the whole playoffs, I was betting against them. I, I was wrong. I was wrong. That's my bet. That's my bet. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes and company, Andy Reid, Spags, the whole crew, they got the job done. They got the job done in overtime, and just their like experience and expertise, I would say, is what won them the game in the second half, right? They were down 10 nothing, like going into halftime, but they found a way to come back. They did what they always do, right? Patrick Mahomes was great. He was he was the mastermind. Um, you know, the defense, Spags, you know, blitzing Brock Purdy, getting people free to hit him on the quarterback. Like, that's stuff you want to do to win those big moments. And, you know, they've been in that situation time and time again. And that's why they're back-to-back, back-to-back world champions. So kudos to the Kansas City Chiefs. They got the job done. The Niners now – they, they had this game. They should have won this game. I feel like they should have won this game. They let it get out of their hands. Now, there's a lot of people you can call out. Call out Kyle Shanahan. I personally believe it's not on him. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. The floor is mine around. The floor is mine. Um, Steve Wilkes, you could say it was his fault, right? Well, they just officially let him go. We'll talk about that. Um, Brock Purdy in the offense, they – they were starting out hot, right? But then McCaffrey fumbled it and had a turnover there. And they were just not getting enough uh, first downs, and they had to settle for field goals. So there's a lot of things that went down. They lost uh, Dre Greenlaw. He tore his Achilles right before the second quarter or something, just running out on the field. Like A lot of devastating hits happened to that team. John Feliciano, he missed a game as well, or missed a game, missed the end of the game. As well, that kind of hurt. Had to put a rotational guy in there. You had to put a rotational linebacker in there. So all in all, there was a lot of miscues, I would say, at the end of the Niners game. But they were right there in it to the end. And you could say, oh, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners weren't prepared for overtime. I I get still Mm -hmm. getting the ball at Mm -hmm. overtime. Like I don't think it's a bad decision. Because if you score a touchdown, you put yourself in a good situation to win the game. They didn't do that. They got a field goal and they had to settle for one because the Spags defense was great. It was it was mastermind. And um, all in all, I think the Niners, they'll be back. They're going to be one of the best NFC teams yet again. It was Brock Purdy's second year as a starter. There's still room for him to grow. He's still young. They're, they have all the players coming back pretty much. There's not any players of the Niners that are free agents other than maybe Brandon Ayuk. But other than that, like, the Niners, they'll be back. And the Chiefs, I think they'll be back. Like, these teams will be contenders year in and year out. But I don't I don't see you blaming Kyle Shanahan for this game. I think it was a plethora of things for why the Niners lost this game. And you can't put all the blame 
on Kyle Shanahan. So I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Tell me what went down and who are the reason why the Niners lost this game and whatnot. Uh, well, we must have watched two entirely different games because I don't know how you can, with all the reports coming out of uh, him not knowing the halftime rule, uh, I mean, the overtime rules, and the the, the, uh, the Niners players all coming out saying, oh, I didn't know they got the ball back, blah, 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 blah. That's called ill-prepared. Kyle Shanahan admitted it in the press conference. He didn't know the rules. That is 100% on the coach. Shame on him for not knowing that. Um but before I dive in more in the 49ers, I got to give a lot of credit, a lot of shout out to the Chiefs. I picked in you. I believe in you, unlike my counterpart. Um, but I don't blame him for picking the Niners because they are the better team. But he forgot that you that we have Patrick Mahomes, the Patrick Mahomes leading that team. He's probably one of the greatest quarterbacks we ever watch outside of Tom Brady. And he knows how to win the big games. Doesn't matter if he's down 10, down 20, down whatever. I experienced it as a fan last year. It sucks. So I know I know the feeling. He's great. He doesn't get rattled. When he does get rattled, they figure it out. They adjust their game plan, and that's what they did. Shout out to Andy Reid for dialing up the game plan. And, they, and the play that won was the same play that hurt my Eagles last year. It was, it was poetic. It was beautiful. The Niners did not watch tape last year in the Super Bowl. It was beautiful. Now, and Spags did a good job defensively. Too and shout out Kelsey Mahomes MVP Nicole Harmon walk off good good game it was a good game I was pretty bored with it until the last like thirty minutes of the game but other than that good game good game now it's time to educate some people it, it was absolutely Kyle Shanahan's fault he goes first in the blame for that for me like I said the overtime rules he did not know that and what happened in the second half yeah they kind of got rid of uh, away from McCaffrey. Still didn't really want to run the ball. Whatever it is with second halves, go back to his Falcon tenure. He didn't want to run with Devontae Freeman when they had a 25-point lead at halftime. A little bit weird, a little bit weird play calling there. Uh, I can't – I don't know why. I feel like he talks to a corner by himself at halftime. He's like, you know what we're going to do? The voices in my head, they're saying, let's throw the ball more. Let's throw it. And you're like, okay, all right, Kyle, whatever. They throw the ball. It brings the Chiefs back into it because they have more time to work with. Now – they didn't feature McCaffrey as much. And they didn't really feature my boy, George Kittle, who's one of my favorite players in the entire league. He only had like one catch that whole game on a couple targets. That's inexplicable. That's inexcusable. That's on Kyle Shanahan also for not incorporating him in the game plan. While you're watching the other tight end, Travis Kelsey, going off there towards the end of the second half when he was yelling at Andy Reid on the sideline too. He's like, you know what? I'll give you the ball more. He did give him the ball more. To after that argument. And Brandon Ayuk, only three catches, too. That's crazy. They've been staples, too, for your entire team. And you don't feature them out at all. He's basically was McCaffrey on the run. And Jawan Jennings, if I'm if I'm Spagnuolo, I'm like, please let Jawan Jennings beat us all day. Uh, who is that guy? He's like a fourth wide receiver. It's not that good. Let him beat us. And he didn't. He couldn't beat you, for sure. So credit – Credit to the Chiefs. I don't understand uh, the whole Kyle, the whole Kyle Shanahan. I don't know why you want to absolve him from that. It's his track record. He chokes in the big game, and yeah. And as a result to that, they don't you don't fire Kyle Shanahan after that game. But you scapegoat the wrong guy. I don't think it was all Steve Wilkes' fault. They had the punt that got fumbled that led to the Chiefs' touchdown. That was on Steve Wilkes. He gave the defense a short field. 
that's not his fault. He, it's also not his fault that Jake Moody got his kick blocked too. That would have changed the outcome there as well. That's not his fault. So I feel like he got scapegoated. Was it? Could you see it coming? Yes, I guess so. Because he was up in the booth, he got called down to the sideline. That changed. That helped out the defense a little bit. And if you look at the last two playoff games, it got it got into like pretty big leads on them, like almost double digits on, against the Lions and the Packers. So I I get it. It's like who else is out there that's better that's better than Wilkes? Is it a Rex Ryan? Is it? Gosh, I don't, I don't know at this point. Do you go after Don Wink Martindale now? What do you do if you're the Niners? Right? So I don't know if they're all much better than um, Steve Wilkes. So I think I think that was kind of unfair. I thought I should have gotten another chance after what, what he brought. And there was there were some rough patches, but I feel like he got better. And you have to give him credit for those two playoff games previously to the Super Bowl for – stalling the Lions offense or stalling uh, the Packers offense and bringing and let Brock Purdy and the offense bring you back into those games. So I didn't think that was fair as well. And yeah, I would put the majority of the blame on the head coach. That normally what happens too. You have to put some blame on Brock Purdy. He didn't miss a couple throws that got away from him. They should have had. But overall, he played a good game. Nothing bad to say about him at all. Um, I don't put the majority of the blame on him. I do put that on the coach. The coach could have incorpor- incorporated more of his guys more, like Kittle and Ayuk, as I pointed out. But, yeah, Mr. Purdy did a good job. But to beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, you have to play as great or if not better than him. So it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that case. So, yeah, that, that's the outcome we got, man. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know why you would have solved Kyle Shanahan all this blame. Um, I don't know. I, I I liked what Kyle Shanahan did in the first half. The second half, you know, the better team, the Chiefs, or what the better coach, I would say, made the adjustments, and that's why they won the game. I would say Andy Reid is just more experienced in being in these big moment games. Kyle Shanahan still hasn't been able to win the big game yet, but I would say Andy Reid and his expertise, along with Spags. And, you know, Matt Nagy, knowing the offense and all that, just got the job done over Kyle Shanahan and company. I, I still don't know why they let Steve Wilkes go. He still had a great year, got your team all the way to the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't Scape- like that. He was a scapegoat. He was a scapegoat. I get that. I just don't like that decision because now you look at the defensive coordinator market and it's like, who's who's really available? Wink, right. Atlanta with Michigan. I don't know if. Oh right, I forgot. About I don't that. know if he will leave Michigan. I, I've seen that he might leave for a better job with the Niners. That that's a possibility. But yeah, Rex Ryan, Ron Rivera. I don't know who else would be out there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan really didn't get along, and it wasn't a good fit. I don't know why they just let him go like that after going all the way to the Super Bowl. Because you saw on the sideline, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was frustrated with the defensive play calling, and he had to call a timeout. And it still didn't really do much at, in the second Mahomes half. Mahomes took off and scrambled on that play. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a questionable decision for sure, but I I solely mm-hmm. don't put all the blame on Kyle Shannon for this loss. It, it was a whole team uh, loss. The special teams, that kind of ruined them. That shifted the momentum when, you know, what happened? The punt? Yeah, the botched punt hit the guy's foot. 
and then they recovered and Chiefs scored. That was really the whole momentum shift of the game. And then another thing, like Christian McCaffrey, he fumbled it earlier on, right? But that didn't really lead to anything. But all in all, I, no, I just don't Chiefs punted. Yeah. So I just don't see Kyle Shanahan taking all the blame. It was the, it was the whole team. It wasn't just him. I want to say it was his play calling because right, when majority. they were running the ball with McCaffrey, like it wasn't working as much. Like they weren't getting that many yards. Like the Spags defense, it was stopping them. Yeah, it was milking the clock a little bit. But McCaffrey mm-hmm. running the ball, I think he averaged like three yards per carry. Like it wasn't successful as it was earlier in the regular season, right? So I think he was that's in the first half. Tried away with it, it kind of was right. They were up. He was getting like eight. He was getting like seven, eight yards in the first half. Yeah, carry. but the second half, passionate. they they made adjustments to Chiefs, right? And they shut down the run, and they had to make Brock Purdy pass it. They were going a lot of three and outs. They were giving him the ball earlier on in the second half, and that's why they changed things up. Um, but yeah. Sucks to see the Niners lose because we still don't take it out of his hands, though. Yeah, uh, but no, congrats that's, to the that's Chiefs. A mistake. Congrats to the Chiefs. They're the next dynasty, right? They're trying to go for that three peat. Um, I think you know they're going to be right up there, and they're only going to get better this offseason. Um, I think Mahomes, if he's given the opportunity, he might take you know a pay cut just so he could pay other players to get him some you know playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I still think they need a receiver on the offensive side of the ball because Rasheed Rice and McCall Harbin's not going to cut it. Like, MVS just not going to not gonna cut it. I think Kadarius Tony. I think he's gone. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being on the roster next year. But all in all, the Chiefs look like they are the clear-cut favorite to be back in the Super Bowl for the AFC. And the Niners, I would say right now they're the best team in the NFC to actually go to Super Bowl next year, too. It just depends on, like, mm-hmm. what other offseason additions other teams make. But at the end of the day right now, I think both of these teams are the two favorites to go back. And that's what we kind of said last year, too, but we had the equals in there as well. Um, but mm-hmm. all in all, it was a fun Super Bowl to end that second half. The first half was kind of a little boring, but – it, it was fun, and congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, now let's get into other topics, right? Oh, so, I had two questions, though. Ooh, I like I like the questions. Okay. No. So do you think Mike Frable is a candidate for the uh, 49ers job? And do you for the Chiefs, do you see a, a, a potential way for them getting their hands on Stephon Diggs? Interesting. Um. First question with Vrabel, I would say, yeah, there's a shot that Vrabel could coach and be the DC of the Niners if, you know, he doesn't want to take a year off and wants to win some games and what a great opportunity to be with a contender like the Niners. I I think he would do it. The money's right and all that. And I don't know where he lives. I'm guessing near Tennessee. But if he wants to go to San Fran and, you know, be the next DC and, you know, compete for a Super Bowl, why not? I think the opportunity's there. Um, it just depends if he's willing to, you know, be demoted for a year and just take on a DC role rather than a head coach role. And then what was the second question? Diggs? Is, yeah, is there a potential way for Diggs to end up in Kansas City? I don't think that Diggs would get traded from the Bills to the Chiefs. The only way that he would get his way to Kansas City 
would – him being cut from the Bills. There's no way the Bills would trade him to the Chiefs because they will regret that decision the day it happens because they'll be seeing him in a Super Bowl immediately. Like, you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes a type of receiver like Stephon Diggs. I don't, I don't see him going to Kansas City because the Bills should not let that happen because that would just be a terrible decision. Honestly, like, it depends, like, what haul they would get to. Like, say the Chiefs offer a first-round pick and a third-round pick, they might consider it. But I feel like that's overpaying for Stephon Diggs. I don't feel like they'll do that. But, yeah, I just don't see the Bills actually getting rid of Stephon Diggs. I don't see it at all. I don't see him going to the Kansas City Chiefs, going to a rival that you have in the playoffs and trying to beat every year. They want to do that. I just don't see that happening. So what receiver – because you mentioned they might target uh, playmakers. What receivers would they get? Do you think Brent Ayuk could sign with with the Chiefs? Um, so one guy right off the bat, I don't know if he will do it, and it depends how loyal he is to this franchise, would be Mike Evans. Because Mike Evans, he's a free agent at the end of the season. Um, I feel like, though, Mike Evans is still going to stay with Tampa Bay. I feel like he wants to be loyal to the team and end his career there. But – if he decides to go to a different team, a different franchise, I would target Mike Evans. I think that would be match made in heaven for Patrick Mahomes. Um, any other receivers? I don't know who's a free agent on the top of my head, like receiver-wise. Is Ayukorn? I know I T. Know. Higgins is. T. Higgins is a free agent. Um, yeah. But I was saying that they might franchise tag T. Higgins, uh, the Bengals. So what I don't was know. it, like a one-year $20 million? Dollar was that to yeah, tag? something yeah. like that. I don't know if they're willing to pay yeah. T Higgins all that money. If they view him as that type of receiver, that top dollar, then they might do with the Bengals. But I feel like they could target a T Higgins as well because I feel like they can let him walk T Higgins, like they'll be just fine without him. Um, but yeah, I would target Mike Evans or mm-hmm. T Higgins if I was Kansas City because I feel like to get you know Patrick Mahomes some playmakers, you got to. Get him an established number one receiver. He doesn't have to rely on Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey all the time. So that's what I would do. Bring yeah, those didn't guys. Need a number, didn't need another dynamic playmaker on, yeah. on the outside. Win Maybe get an Odell Beckham Jr. I know he's a free agent. I don't know. He doesn't have that burst, in. though. Yeah, he doesn't have the same burst, but I feel like getting a veteran guy, established guy, and, you know, he knows – how to run an offense and all that knows all the route tree and all that go get him and if he's willing to do it for cheap now that he got paid a lot by the ravens i was surprised he got paid all that money then yeah i, I would go out sign him maybe too so yeah all good all good options now mm-hmm. i'll let you transition now to your topics oh my beautiful topic so this is uh some off-season news some coaching hires So Anthony Lynn, former head coach of the Chargers, is joining the commander's offensive staff. That's a very good hire, I would say, by Dan Quinn. Very interesting hire. Guy that, you know, who has been a head coach in this league before, getting some experience on the offensive side of the ball is always a good thing to have. Who they hire as their OC again? I forget. Who they hire? Ooh. Was it it Cliff? Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, because they want to. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, because uh, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams' connection. So, yeah, yeah, 
you get an, another yes. established veteran coach in Anthony Lynn. You add him to the arsenal of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and, you know, Dan Quinn's trying to change the culture there. And getting a guy like Anthony Lynn, it's pretty cool to have on your offensive staff. So I would give that a grade of a B plus because I don't know how well he is offensively compared to Cliff Kingsbury and all that, and if he's a fit with Cliff Kingsbury's system, but I give it a B plus initially. If I had to give it a grade, how about you? Now, yeah, so I agree with your point that uh, they're trying to change the culture. I think that's why Dan Quinn was hired, as you pointed out. Um, so, yeah, you get Cliff Kingsbury. He has the connections. He has a he has an interesting offense, so if you do want to trade up for Caleb, um, then that that could be a, that could be a possible scenario for him. Maybe that's an avenue they're willing to play, just from the experience there. Um, but the thing is, going back with my Eagles experience, uh, Eagles experience, I'm going to relate this to something. Now, when we hired Sean Desai, right, when he was our DC, mm-hmm. a little later on, they hired uh, Matt Patricia to oversee. Now what that what that created was, oh, when are they are they going to switch to Matt Patricia? When we were on our side, they ended up doing that. It divided our locker room. That in that sort of case, um, Andy Lynn has a good track record. Uh, he was a former head coach. Um, his offenses were pretty pretty solid, pretty decent. I get on that too. But it's also like if the offense isn't producing right away with their new quarterback. Um, are they going to switch to Anthony Lynn being AOC? That seems like it could be a contingency, too. He is involved on the offensive staff. Is he more like an offensive assistant, like Patricia was for us on defense? If so, then it's like if the offense isn't working, then they might, uh, Dan Quinn might have to be forced to, he might change it up and that can cause some problems, too. So, so it's, it's interesting if that's the dynamic, but. If it doesn't come to that and the players and Cliff does well, then I think it's a good hire because he's going to bring some ideas, going to help um, with the game plans and the installs for sure from a week-to-week basis. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I give it a B, but just be mindful. I'm just going to say we'll see how the next season plays out, but just be mindful. If Cliff doesn't do well, you could see a change there halfway through the season if, it, if their offense isn't as good, just coming from experience. Yeah, that's a good point, you know, knowing what happened with the Eagles situation this past season. That could happen. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen for the Commanders, but who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good hire. And Did you give it a grade? I said a B. B? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Respectable. Respectable. Um, let's transition to the next topic, I guess. Um, let's talk about your Eagles, right? Son Reddit. Sure. So there's some trade rumors rumbling that supposedly he wants out, but then there was a rumor today or the past 24 hours that he wants to stay now, but supposedly he wants to get paid like a top edge rusher. Um, Right off the bat, Mm -hmm. do you think the Eagles should trade Hassan Reddick or should they keep him and pay the man? Uh, Me personally, I don't. I don't care about their money. I think he's worth paying. Is he worth paying twenty million or something that he's worth worth for? Uh, that's a debatable topic. Maybe not if you're looking at it. 
but he he has over 10 plus sacks in the, in the last like three or four seasons consecutively. So that guy put a lot of respect for. And I think there's a misconception out there. It was um, the Howie and the Eagles gave his agent permission to seek a trade. So it's not like, no, we're not going to stop negotiating an extension with you per se, but we're not going to shortchange you if you feel like you can get a better deal or something out there and we can get fair compensation for him, then we can consider it. Maybe we'll move forward with that. So it's not doesn't mean they're not talking about an extension. I believe Hassan when he says he wants to stay. I do. He did not it was not a trade request. He's hundred percent correct on that. It was the Eagles giving them permission to do that and as a maybe a negotiation tactic, seeing what other teams will offer him. And maybe they'll match it there. Too. They'll have the first rights to match whatever other teams are offering. So going back to your question, would I pay him? Yes, I would, just from production. And I think the, the scheme a little bit was they were dropping him back into coverage a lot. So that wasn't conducive for him. That probably took a lot of the sack numbers away. And I think with Fangio, that could go up. The, uh, the D-line coach said – our new D-line coach is like, we're not, we never drop guys back into coverage. So right there alone is exciting. You'll see Hassan rushing more off the edge, too. So, and I hear a lot. Oh, he doesn't fit with his scheme and all of this. And I think no, nah, he he probably can. I think he can play any scheme, too. So, I think he could fit. I, I would pay him, um, and and I don't care how much you pay him for. To be quite honest with you, I think you need a guy to generate pressure, too. So yeah, I would pay the man. Yeah. Um, I think he's been productive for sure. Like he's been a top five, I would say, edge rusher so far with his young career with the Eagles. And you don't want to get rid of a guy that's been that productive because it's hard getting those guys that can sack the quarterback and, you know, establish pressure on the quarterback. Um, how much would I pay him? I would pay him, you know, within the top five edge rushers if we could, right? The Eagles, if they could, I would pay him that much. Um, but will the Eagles want to pay him? Because they have a lot of other holes that they need to, you know, take care of this offseason. So if the trade is right and the draft capital that they get in return is, you know, valuable with Hassan Reddick's value, then I would go out there and get it. Um, like say, so hypothetical, say Hassan Reddick, you know, you get a first round pick and a, fourth round pick would you do that trade first and a fourth um i would consider it because the first round pick it's not like the nba where you could just deal first round picks so like say it's, and it's not it doesn't mean much first round picks are valuable so but then again if you're competing right now and you're going to lose a, a jolt to the edge rushers i don't know if i would still do that because then you have to worry about your edge rush now so you get rid of you. So you add another problem there. So I probably will lean to this towards no because what you're creating it, another problem. Here's another that first round picks five. Here's another hypothetical. So you get the first and the fourth, right? But then you get a player in return, right? It's another edge rusher, and this edge rusher is named Von Miller. Would you do this trade? No. No. But if it's a first and fourth, you would do it. 
I probably would still lean towards. I would still. Okay. I still lean towards no because so you're creating another problem. So say you do that and trade. Hassan's in his prime. Von Miller's out of his prime. I know. I know. Um, so yeah, the trade with the Bills first and the fourth, and Von Miller you want to do because you're getting a guy that's aging and all that, and you're training him a contender, and you don't want to see him be successful there. I get that. I get that. Um, all right. No, it's not. It's not the contender. It's what I'm getting back for him. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't you think he's worth more? Business. You think he's worth more than a first and a fourth? Like, what do you think? What's his value right now? If you had to put, you know, draft picks mm-hmm. to it. Well, I've been hearing a lot of second and third, and I wouldn't. I still want to do it for that. Um, How about a first round pick? First round pick makes you pause and think about it. First and the third, maybe, maybe right around where I would. Be like if the Eagles sit up, be like, okay, I get, I respect it, but still, again, I I wouldn't pull that. I wouldn't pull that trigger. You're just you're gonna add another problem. BG's old. He might not come back. Then who we have on the edge? Josh Sweat. That's it. That's that. That's the problem. You put yourself into another hole. Then you have to draft another edge rusher. He's gonna take a couple of years to develop. Then so it becomes a whole problem. I would just focus on my draft on drafting the best player available, and if that's Happens to be linebacker and corner, which they never draft linebackers that high. They probably won't this year. I doubt it. But if they don't draft a corner, they draft someone like a Kalen Kane, a Kool-Aid McKinstry kind of guy first, then I'll, I'll be cool with that. They need to get younger back there, and that was where I would focus that. I want you don't you don't give a, get rid of a, a pass rusher as good as him in his prime. How about say they want – all right, say the Chargers, they ask if you would do a player-for-player player swap. They give you Joey Bosa and you give up Hassan Reddick. Would you do that? Joey Bosa for Hassan Reddick? Yeah. Do I get picks attached to that or no, just straight up? Um, You get a fourth-rounder as well, like a mid-round mm. pick. I probably still want to do it. I think Hassan's better. I do think Hassan has been better as a late, but that's because Joey Bosa has been in and out of the lineup. But if they were both, bingo, healthy, bingo, if, they, bingo. if they were both healthy, that's why I want to do it. I, I agree. No, with you me. don't. You don't. But if they're both healthy, yeah, do you, you take a chance? Healthy. Okay, so you want to take you a chance? The, you get, no, you get the guy that's that's been healthy relatively his whole career. Okay, all right. You always keep that. You always that, keep that. Was guys. the question? That was the question. You want to take a chance on a Joey Bosa? No. For how talented no. he is? Okay. No, I'd rather pay Hassan what he wants. Okay. These are just hypotheticals we're playing here. Um, no, I appreciate that. But, how about how about a Khalil Mack? Would you take a Khalil Mack and maybe a third round pick? Another guy for a guy that's aging, probably not. <laughs> I would say he's better than Von Miller at this point. I would, I would say that. Yeah. No, I agree, but. It's still it's still the same concept though. He's aging. Yeah. Uh, Hassan still has a couple more years of ten plus sacks in him, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's more versatile too of a defender than Khalil. So I would also keep him. Say all right. Say they trade Hassan Reddick for a first and a fourth, right? But then they sign a free agent, mm-hmm. a guy that's out there and available right now. What if they get Chandler Jones? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bring him in. We could use his uh, <laughs> his uh, the way he connects with players in the locker room. The way he can make uh, music about Bill Belichick. Um, 
yeah, he'll be able to uh, garner a lot of attention that we need, that we desperately need still. Not like mm-hmm. we're a hot topic conversation. So yeah, yeah maybe not, not maybe now we're getting somewhere. Now, now, now we're getting somewhere, right? Chandler Jones yeah, maybe could be I the guy that brings the Eagles back to the Super Bowl dreams that they want to, you know, get. Um, but yeah, all right, enough. And of maybe that. the Chiefs bring Antonio. Maybe Chiefs get Antonio Brown too. Yeah, they do need a playmaker of the caliber mm-hmm. of AB. So you know, getting a guy like him, yeah. who's been great when on the field. Yeah, man. All right. God. <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that. All right. Next topic. Let's talk about the good old former dynasty, Brady and Belichick. There's some. There's a new report out there that Mr. Tom Brady, after 20 years working with Bill Belichick, he wanted to change his scenery and he couldn't take it anymore. Bill Belichick. Um, I guess instant reaction to that, Justin. What are your thoughts about hearing that from Mr. Tom Brady? Um, I think there's still a lot of mutual respect there. Um, I think when you're with the same person for a while, um, you kind of just get tired of the same old, same thing. Like I, everyone I heard, it's like that brought the Patriots locker room together was they didn't just, uh, they didn't coddle Tom Brady. He got a lot of the blame, like Bill Belichick would chew him out, which he took. He took that for 20 plus years of him getting chewed out. And but what allowed him to get the greatest of all time to get chewed out is like okay if he's getting chewed out then he ain't gonna hold back on us right that's the quarterback that's the goat that's the greatest quarterback ever played so we're not absolved from Bill Belichick chewing us out if he's doing that to Tom so I think I think after that that ran this course and the whole thing with uh, Belichick uh, convincing Robert Kraft to trade Brady uh, to move uh, to usher in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that rubbed him the wrong way too, as he proved um, that he could still he could still play too, and he was playing well. They're still going. It's still around the time they're going to Super Bowls and being competitive in the playoffs, winning AFC East titles every year, that kind of deal. So, yeah, I think I think over time that just ran a course over him. And hey, going to Tampa was probably one of the best decisions of his career. He's very competitive. He won without. Belichick, so that removed any question, hey, the hypothetical question that we we would pose on here. Other media outlets would pose: Would, would Brady would have could Brady would Brady would have won without Belichick? Well, now we know he could have. He won Bruce Arians, right? So that was a big stepping stone of his career. And maybe we sit here a couple of years down the run, down the line, and Andy Reid's hinting at retirement. They would say, "Hey, Kim Mahomes went without Andy Reid." Maybe we, maybe that circles up again so yeah i think i think it was i think it was a that move to tampa was the best move for him i think it was a breath of fresh air plus you get to play in beautiful weather all year round too so, so that's a plus um but yeah i think the the patriots how belichick did it uh attributed to its success too um but yeah like you said the whole jimmy g thing was a little bit weird too i think Kind of, he didn't feel welcome there towards the latter years, and he tried to stick it out. Um, and it, if it really came down to it, and the relationship was good, he would have probably stayed in New England. But that's not how it worked out. Things things happened, and he went to Tampa. So I don't I don't blame that at also. And it ended up working out for him, especially right. They, Belichick's no longer with the team. Um, he, he only went to the playoffs once with Mac Jones. So. 
yeah, um, that just happens. That report doesn't surprise me. We kind of knew that. It's kind of why there's like a documentary, docu-series coming out about the Patriots. So we'll learn, we'll learn a little bit more from that, too. That should be fun. But, yeah, man, yeah, uh, the report doesn't shock me at all. Um, Belichick chewed him out, and the way it, the side of yours ended doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um, I believe Brady wanted to change the scenery, like just working with Belichick in that Patriots locker room for 20-plus years. Puts a toll on your body, man, because, like, it's doing the Patriot way, coming into work nonstop and being perfect all the time. Brady just wanted a break from that, and he wanted to change things up because he knew the Patriots weren't going to go back to the Super Bowl as the roster was declining, and Belichick's draft picks weren't the greatest those last years of Brady's career with the Patriots. So he wanted to change the scenery. That's what he did. He went to Tampa Bay. Was very successful first year, won the Super Bowl, was back in the playoffs the second year, almost won it all again but couldn't. And in the third year, it was just getting that time where Brady was trying to hang it up, and that's what he did. Um, But Belichick, yeah, Belichick, he got his team to the playoffs with Mac Jones, and then the Patriots haven't been good since. I just feel like, you know, Brady wanted to win a Super Bowl without Belichick and prove it to him, and that's, that's what he did. Because and also I, he he didn't like that Jimmy G thing, like you were saying. I believe that you know he wanted to change the scenery. That's what happened. That's what unfolded. And Belichick. Now we don't know if Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, right? We'll see if he can win without Brady. I think Belichick. He's gonna take a year off. He's gonna go somewhere next year, and he's gonna try and compete for a Super Bowl. Where will that be? I don't know. But he is getting older. He's getting up there in age. So. We will see, but I think, yeah, all in all, I'm not surprised by this report at all because I thought Brady always wanted to change the scenery because, you know, that the Patriot way takes a toll on you. So, all in all, I'm not surprised by this report at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Brady, in a lot of ways, was the Patriot way also. But, yeah, after a uh, long period of time with someone, like spending almost like every day, Every day with the same coach, it can run a toll. And I think they both kind of got tired of each other a little bit, even though how successful they were. And, yeah, it was time for a change. And it ended up working really great for Tom. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking about change, Steelers are shaking things up in the quarterback room. Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers have mutually parted ways. And I'm not surprised at all by this news. Um, instant reaction, I think. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky stinks. He's not that good. We saw it with his time there with the Steelers. He just wasn't good that season, the first season for Kenny Pickett. He started a little bit, and I, you're not good enough. Kenny Pickett would throw you in there, and it was already light years better. And then when Kenny Pickett got hurt this year and Mitch Trubisky had to fill in, they were awful. They were losing a lot of games. And then you put in Mason Rudolph, they're winning. They're winning a lot of games. So – Mitch Trubisky, he's he's the guy. He's the odd man out. Um, where will he go? I don't even know if he gets a job right off the bat. I don't even think he'll be a backup. He might be a third string at this point of his career. I just don't see him even getting any backup calls because right now I don't even know what teams would want him at this point. We will see. But I think it's a good move for the Steelers because they want to get someone else in there get rid of that contract, and get someone else that can actually compete with Kenny Pickett. We're talking about it off camera. We're thinking 
Ryan Tannehill possibly with the hire of Arthur Smith. Maybe they go and trade for Justin Fields if, you know, the Bears get Caleb Williams, number one overall. Who knows? But I like the move, getting rid of Trubisky and kicking him out of the door because he was not a good quarterback for the Steelers franchise, and he was hurting your quarterback room overall, and it was a bad contract. So I was happy that they actually got rid of that contract and they mutually parted ways. How about you, my friend? What do you think about this lovely news? Well, yeah, uh, at the end of the season, Mike Tomlin sat up in the media and he said, look, we're going to we're gonna bring a lot of uh, quarterbacks in there. We're going to have a quarterback competition. It's not, we're not going to name Kenny Pickett the starter right away. So that's going to feed, you know, that for sure is going to feature him. Could be here for QD1, Lola Mason Rudolph at the end of the year. They both earned the right to compete. And then there's going to be a third guy. So it's not Mitchell Trubisky. They caught him, which they should have. Because he had, he had a pretty good contract, right? In there, it was it was a sizable chunk. They waived him. They caught him, so it clears that off of his books. So, does that mean they draft a quarterback in the mid rounds? Maybe, maybe they do do that. Like you said, did they go Tannehill through the Arthur Smith connection? Possibly. So they have a lot of options. Justin Fields, the betting favorite for the Steelers to get as well. So Omar Khan uh, and Mike Tomlin, they have a lot of decision. They have a decision to make there for sure. And honestly, I think that team, if they fix up that offensive line, they get a confident quarterback. They're good. They they have a shot. They have a shot to go far. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's how close they are. It just it's just the O line and in the quarter and the quarterback play that's kind of held them back the last two years or so since Big Ben retired. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting for Pittsburgh. Um, as a, a Sealer fan through my father and everything, I, I have rooting interest in them. So I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to be watching, tapped into what they do this offseason. I'm hoping to have a good one. I'm hoping to have a good draft as well. I'll be, I'll be pulling for them. So, yeah, um, I think it's the right move, and we'll see what happens there. We'll see who training camp rolls around and who wins the QB1. Yeah. Should be a fun little offseason. Who knows what goes down for the Steelers, but we will find out soon. And now that concludes the final episode of Season 2 of the NFL Benchwire podcast. There's going to be a lot of content coming your way. We don't know what it is yet. We'll be working in the lab, and we're going to be cooking up something good for all the Benchwire fam out there. So with that being said, drop a like on this video, show your support, subscribe, have that notification bell turned on as well so you get notified when our next beautiful video is up and live on the channel. Go follow our socials. Got a link tree down below. Instagram, TikTok, X, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, we got Facebook for the lovely old people. We love you. We love you. We love you. Love you. Uh, but all in all, that is the end of season two. Hopefully you guys did enjoy and we'll catch you guys later. Benchwise. Out.